Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. This week, we're celebrating some of the amazing and powerful things that our guests have shared over the past year, with clips highlighting their thoughts on leadership, career growth, and meaning, plus more. Think Different has always been a motto for me, and it has served me well in my career. When you're in your early career, don't be afraid to just do weird stuff. The career path that you might be on may be different than where you end up. No one really knows it all at any point. I mean, I certainly don't. Remember that nothing is forever. Stay open and remember to take time to breathe. While facing the great resignation, finding meaning at work has never been more important. In this segment, we'll hear from tech leaders expressing what's important professionally to them and how they found meaning in their careers. I think this is so important. And one thing that actually makes me so sad is I think a lot of people um, are really unhappy in their jobs. And sometimes I talk to friends who are like, oh, I feel really burnt out. Um, or, you know, they're they're switching industries or they're switching careers because they don't feel either valued or they don't feel like their work is really aligning with either personal intention or personal goals or personal values. Um, And I think it's really heartbreaking because I do feel like there is the ability for each of us to spend our time every day. Um, You know, we're spending hours and most of our day in, uh, in work and it should be work that we feel like we enjoy and we're gaining something out of and we feel feel fulfilled by it. Um, And for me, As I've grown in my career, I feel like the key areas that I've discovered um, that make this work more meaningful is one, do I feel like I'm working on a product or do I feel like I'm working for a company that is doing something that I think is positive or impactful and is, is creating something new or valuable for whoever their customers are? And then two, Am I working for people, whether it's, you know, the founders or leadership or teams that I actually like to be around and respect and show up with and interact with every day? Um, So I think about that a lot because I think sometimes we make decisions because we think, you know, this is a really um, like like people talk about this company a lot it's it's very exciting it looks good on my resume or we think you know this has a great salary um whatever the factors might be I think oftentimes you make decisions that aren't really based in how well does it align with who I am um and I think when we start to understand what are the ways in which we want to show up in the world and use our talents to help be in service of others or to help um you know build something that is going to really have a positive impact on people that can help direct you toward companies or opportunities or teams where you're going to really feel like even if the work gets difficult or you're having a hard day, um, you're there for a reason. One, it's it's starting to become unavoidable um, that there are systems, social systems that are now reliant on the internet to exist. So 
purely from the matter of accessibility, if you have a social system that relies on a technology, then it is incredibly critical. It is a it is ethically, socially pick pick all of your leaves um, necessary that everybody has access to it. So what does that mean? Investments in broadband, you know, free Wi-Fi. Uh, in our capitalist society, we scoff at things like that. Huh? Why don't you pay for it, right? But when we make society itself dependent on a technology, then we have to enable that technology. Um, but then you have to then you have to balance that with privacy, right? Uh, you know, there's um, lots of lawsuits about how am I being tracked? If we give if if the government gives everybody a cell phone, if you don't have it, you know, what's the government doing with that data? And so this goes back to this idea of the checks and balances with technology being so critical, not just because of technology itself and not letting a company get too powerful, but also as uh, an industry that itself has checks and balances, it needs to somehow create checks and balances with the government. And no, nobody's gonna like that, right? It's not that the open source and, and business interests in high tech are always hand in hand and happy and singing kumbaya, quite, quite the opposite. So that, that sort of tension of we're keeping eyes on each other has to also be a part of that conversation. Always operate with integrity. Um, you know, I think sometimes, you know, we have this goal in mind and sometimes, you know, there are people that are willing to do anything to get there. Don't be that person, right? <laughs> Always operate with integrity. Um, and that, that, that will serve you well in your career, right? Because this is, it's all about relationships, right? And if you've and if you've acted in a manner that is unbecoming, people will remember that. Our CEO, Mark Grandison, was crystal clear that he does not want this to be about a bunch of words and good intentions that um, he, which is you know phenomenal. It's it's what every D DNI leader wants to hear is that this is really about making changes that are meaningful and and actually change behaviors and outcomes. I'm, I'm so inspired by our community of volunteers and it's been an honor working really closely with them and watching them grow and, you know, seeing them get promoted in their career, grow in their leadership skills. And find things that spark joy in your day to day. Um, you don't, it's a job. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't, you don't have to love it all the time, but find little moments where you're finding something that gives you purpose or passion or drives you a little bit more. Women Who Code is all about supporting your professional success. In this segment, we highlight some of the great advice our guests have shared about navigating your career and growing into leadership roles. Where I am now is, is it, it just everything that I had done previously built up to where I am now. So that is kind of my journey in a nutshell. And you, as you've heard, Everything that I've done has been something that I wasn't completely confident that I could do, but somehow I was able to do it. After uh, I graduated, my focus was, I just need to get a job in, in my major. And it was during the dot-com days, I, I graduated in, in 2000. And, you know, interviewing is a skill. <laughs> it, it really is. You're showcasing your knowledge. You're trying to convince them to hire you uh, and, you know, that they, someone wants to invest in you and have the potential. And I remember just going interview after interview and, and basically failing. And 
during the dot-com days, if you could put a website up, you were a freaking genius. And I didn't, I majored in computer engineering, which was hardware and software, but the internet was just so brand new at that time. And so I taught myself front-end programming, you know, HTML, CSS, and just bring something, you know, to life. And in an interview, I showed them that, hey, I built this. And I felt like I fooled them because they're like, great, you're hired. And I'm like, oh my God, this is now, my goodness, this is what I'm going to be doing. And I really enjoyed it. And it was, it was, it was, it was amazing, but it was really hard for me. I'll be honest. I, I'm not a great front-end development. I was more back-end engineering and, you know, more on API level. And that's where I thrived, but it took me a while to figure that out. And I think that's, that's completely natural. So I loved building. I loved being an, an engineer and I started to just say yes to every opportunity that was given to me, you know, with, with, you know, the job or, you know, some project. And I remember one time I started becoming in more intentional about my career and just like all these little steps. So I really encourage people to do this. And I think if you're exploring different areas um, that you haven't really bef before, it's a good opportunity to take a class or maybe um, advocate for a project that you might be interested in and see how it meshes with your kind of what you're looking for and what you enjoy. You have to build a reputation of being, you know, forward thinking or doing great work. It starts with the work. Yeah, growing in your work, you know, we all want to be able to, you know, be liked. You know, we always want to feel that it's important to be liked. But more important than that is to be able to have the self-awareness on ourselves. Yeah, I, I remember having a lot of walking meetings and talking, unpacking imposter syndrome, not only for that, uh, but I think that that just happens, right? We, we have all of these um, ideas about what we're doing and um, if they're okay and, and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. uh, I have to admit, even just last month, uh, my wife actually called me out for this. Thank you to my wife. If she hears this recording, uh, called me out because I was sitting at the table with a software engineer and we were just meeting for the first time. He's kind of like loosely related, like through, through her family, uh, to me. Um, and so, uh, he introduced himself as a software engineer and I said something like I'm, um, a product manager, not meaning that that was my title, but that that's what I did. And it was, it was just not about not owning that kind of executive space. And um, I think imposter syndrome creeps in in all kinds of ways. And she later asked me, why did you do that? Why didn't you just say who you are? Mm -hmm. And I kind of said, I just didn't have the energy for it. And I think that's something that happens um, for women in leadership and, and maybe for other genders also. Um, but sometimes you just don't have the energy to carry your confidence forward. Um, and, and that's reality. Uh, yeah. But I think on a, on a day-to-day -day basis, I think um, leading this organization has been one of the greatest honors of my life and the people that I've met along the way and the teams that have, have come together around this movement um, have taught me so much about what it takes to lead and organize and coordinate um, and step back and make space for in terms of getting work done. Part of the misconceptions and the bias that exists in every region today without exception is the misconception that as a woman, 
right? You need to comply with 100% of the skills in a job posting before even taking a chance and applying. Um, you can't know the things that you don't know, and that just comes with time. As we look at being open, we must recognize that not everyone's path is the same, and that the career that you anticipated for yourself might be a little bit different than you anticipated. Women Who Code celebrates diversity and recognizes that often the key to success is allowing yourself to be and think differently. In this segment, our guests talk about what makes them unique and how those traits are often actually superpowers. Think Different has always been a motto for me and it has served me well in my career. When you're in your early career, don't be afraid to just do weird stuff or work at a coffee shop and work on the side. The career path that you might be on may be different than where you end up. I truly could never have envisioned where I am now. Mm -hmm. And the job that you might have in the future might not even be invented yet. So we have to stay open. No one really knows it all at any point. I mean, I certainly don't. I think the biggest difference is that a senior, as a senior, you can leverage your previous experience and the different problems that you've encountered before, different technologies different challenges, and you can sort of leverage that previous experience into attacking or a nicer word, I guess, of dealing with, you know, your next project or that next big thing that you're working on. Don't be afraid. Um, You know, as you heard in my career journey, every role that I've taken, I didn't have direct experience in, but I was successful because I believed in myself and I knew that I was going to work hard to learn whatever it was that I needed to learn. So don't be afraid to raise your hand for something, even if you don't have all of the experience for it. Remember that nothing is forever. Stay open and remember to take time to breathe. So Daisha, that is super inspiring. And I think your journey um, will definitely inspire everyone listening to it to first of all, you know, not be afraid of change, embrace change as as it comes, because this is how, you know, we've learned that how change can be important in helping you grow in your career. To come at it from a place of curiosity, instead of a place of, oh, I feel shame for not knowing things or understanding. Women Who Code is the world's largest community of women technologists. With our 320,000 members globally supporting one another in their careers. In this segment, our guests talk about the importance of community and how it can help you through every aspect of your career. You know, having that support and knowing that I had someone to lean on, I didn't want to give up. So knowing that, I it, that really helped me pull through. Building and maintaining relationships. This is so... I, this is so important. I can't stress it enough. You need to make sure that you build and maintain relationships, not just for, you know, transactional purposes, because you're not, you're not always looking to leverage your relationship to get you somewhere. You may leverage that relationship to get someone else somewhere. If there's something in your community or if you're networking through somewhere like Women Who Code, don't be afraid to reach out to other women. Don't be afraid to get on LinkedIn and reach out 
for mentorship or for advice. I've done that plenty myself where folks have uh, reached out directly to me and it's a cup of coffee or it's something really simple. I got the opportunity to travel quite a lot with uh, Women Who Code and I met the um, global team for the first time at Berlin Rerise Summit um, in 2018. And I just love the opportunity of meeting other directors um, and the Women Who Code community at these conferences. So I just loved my whole overall experience as a director. Find your people and your network where you can bounce ideas off of in a space of like openness and trust. Um, and try to make that network as diverse as possible. So if you can have um, friends in that network across different industries, um, that's even better. So you get different perspectives. Um, I've been really lucky to have a great group of peers that um, are in the financial industry and the manufacturing industry, um, and also in the tech industry um, that, that can give me good advice um, and help me move forward and, and have uh, very different um, perspectives to bring to the table that I can then work on um, taking the, the gems out of the different perspectives and, and building my own approach. So, so that's, a, that's a big one for me. Um, if I'm thinking about other tips specific to um, the workforce and women, I would say this is one uh, related to interview style. Uh -huh. um, so this is something that I have found and maybe it's not the same everywhere. Um, but I would say that I find that when I'm interviewing women or giving coaching to women as they're going through interviews, especially, um, if they're, uh, mothers, but not always, um, having, don't shift focus in your interview to questions about work-life balance and questions about how am I going to be able to achieve this while I have my, my children um, mm -hmm. focus on what are you going to bring to the table? Um, how is it that you're going to be awesome and rock this job? Um, because what I find is men typically don't take time away from their interview to ask those questions. And so what you're doing is you're sort of handicapping yourself a little bit in that mm -hmm. interview, because this is your moment to market yourself. Um, so the time for that, question is either before, as you're doing a little digging, um, surreptitious digging about this job and, and the culture and the climate of that group, um, or after when you've sealed the deal and you've got the offer and then have a good position to, uh, to ask those questions then. You have to have that control where you're asking for that feedback. And you know, when there's moments where you're like, hmm, that could have been better. Let me ask someone I trust and get that feedback and ask several people because it's data, right? It's information. It doesn't mean that person's opinion is the right opinion. It's a perspective. So, and feedback's a gift. You could take it or leave it, right? But definitely ask for it and ask from, um, from many, many people because that, that is a sign of growth. So that's, that's one thing. Uh, a second thing is, you know, I think about early in career, we didn't have sponsorships and mentorships, but I had them, but I didn't know that's what we called them. But I would be really, really focused and intentional on getting those support groups and, you know, events like women who code be part of communities, start talking to people. Don't, don't put it all on yourself, get advice. And so you can, 
get there a lot faster where, where you want, maybe you're working on a problem. And I have a board of mentors. I don't have like one mentor and also be asking somebody to be your mentor is like a commitment for a long time. You have a coffee chat, like, Hey, I see that you're doing this really well. Can I grab 15 minutes of your time, 30 minutes of your time to just have a conversation and get your advice. And it's always great to bring a problem together that you want to solve on. And, and that is uh, what I find has been super helpful because it, you know, you know, so when someone says, do you want to be your mentor? That, that can seem like, oh my gosh, that's going to be a lot of time. But a 15 minute chat, 30 minute, you know, coffee or whatever, that's not going to be um, a big, a big ask. You know, I mentioned at that, at the job, at the startup, I made friends. I'll have life. They were my colleagues in the engineering team. They just literally didn't have time to help me. So if you're I guess my advice is if you're lucky enough to how do I say it to pick and pick the workplace you're in if you feel like you need more support ask for it and that's a luxury a huge luxury and I'm lucky to have had it but don't feel like you have to be you know like what's that stupid term 10x yeah um don't feel like you have to be some gun working 25 hours a day (laughs) web developer find your niche because now I know I'm very good at my job and I'm contributing um god that means everything to me Women Who Code is important to so many people, but it also means something different to each individual member. In this segment, we'll hear from guests talking about how Women Who Code has impacted their lives and why it's important to them. On average, Women Who Code hosts five events per day. And in 2021, we actually had over 1,700 digital events. Um, So between our networks and our tracks, I think that there's always something for everyone. Um, Our events are free, joining our community is free, and um, we try to make all of our content accessible as possible. So posting those events um, and uploading them to YouTube has also been um, significant in our growth and um, the development of our community. Um, And so if you want to grow your leadership skills, maybe you don't get those opportunities at your office is volunteer for women who code offer to help organize and manage an event series Mm -hmm. if you want to help network with the community um i really recommend um being involved in like one of our speaker outreach teams so you can get face-to-face times with um other developers in the community that you might really respect or want to meet um if you want to be want to grow as a technical expert, offering to run some kind of event series to show your technical expertise could be a really good choice. Or there's also so many choices for just things that you might like. I think that's one of the best parts of our conferences is that um, when you're inspired by others that are speaking and taking the stage, you also feel empowered to do the same. And so that kind of pushes you um, out of your comfort zone, but you're also in a safe space. And I like to uh, share this wonderful story about one of our members uh, in the mobile track, Claudia. She shared in uh, the Slack that she was uh, chatting with her uh, niece, I guess, talking about possible careers. And she suggested uh, to her niece, what about uh, software development? 
And Ernie said, well, I can't do that because there aren't any women that code. And uh, I guess Claudia then showed some group pictures of the, the mobile track on Twitter. And she said, um, these are my friends and they're all software engineers. So, you know, you never know who you could touch by just, you know, being involved in any way you can. The overall experience of um, all these um, conferences with Women Who Code is just something that, you know, really helped me grow like in my career so much. So I just want to thank everyone. Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash Women Who Code. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate, and comment.